Well, the virus has now killed more than 100 people in China, and new cases have been confirmed around the world. So you don't want to frighten the American public. France and South Korea have also got evacuation plans. But you need to prepare for and assume. Strongly warning Americans to avoid all non-essential travel to China. That this is going to be a real serious problem. France, Australia, Canada, the US, Singapore, Cambodia, Vietnam, the list goes on. Health officials are investigating more than 100 possible cases in the US. Germany, a man has uh, contracted the virus. The epidemic is a demon, and we cannot let this demon hide. Japan, where a bus driver uh, contracted to the virus. Coronavirus has killed more than 100 people there and infected more than 4,500. We have to prepare for the worst, always, because if you don't and the worst happens. War Room Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. What have you done to help save your country today? What have you done for the sovereignty of your country today? What have you done to save this republic? Remember, We've been focused on Philadelphia and all the all the uh, nonsense that's going up there around this voting. What did what did Franklin tell us? A republic, if if you can keep it. Well, can we keep it or can't can we keep it? You had Darren Beatty on here saying, "Hey, democracy is it because?" The, and I said this at the Showtime guys. You're going to use anti-democratic forces. And they go, "What are you talking about? The courts? The courts are an adjunct to democracy. Is walking that in that booth and voting? That's democracy, okay?" And that's what we're fighting for. They're going to try to use every measure out there, including information warfare. Part of the information warfare is these polls. Ladies and gentlemen, on 16, Kyle Obert on our staff did a great job. And six, they, they came up with the 14-point or the 12-point difference in the poll or whatever the number was. And Kyle goes, hey, <laughs> on the same day in 16, NBC, the same guys came out. We were 14 down. Same okay. number. Same number. Uh, no, I think it was one. Was it one? Oh, yeah, 14, because yeah, because because the eighth and the third. Yes, fourteen points down. Fourteen down. Take a deep breath. It's all within your control. What you got to get every look around your life. Who are the low propensity voters? Go grab them. They got to vote. This is going to come down to low propensity voters. The high propensity voters are just cannibalizing election day. Right. For the Democrats, they got to run around. They're traumatized right through the mass hysteria. If you want to see mass hysteria, if you want to see mass hysteria, just start on Friday afternoon and go all the way to this morning on CNN and MSNBC. You guys have brought it on yourselves. The Rachel Maddow's and the Chris Cuomo's and the Don Lemon's and then just all day long. It is nothing but hysteria. You have scared your evidence based science based database guys Heilman used as excuse well they just take the pandemic more seriously no john you don't take the pandemic more seriously than war room pandemic right you do not sorry we take it very seriously but we also understand that it's a weapon it's just like one of the torpedo bombs at pearl harbor right that they had to practice because of the shallowness of pearl harbor remember that jack they had to that it took so long to reconfigure to put the wooden to put the wooden fins on, and then they did the special torpedo runs for, for weeks and weeks and weeks and learn. We had to overcome, we over, we overcome all this because it's an act of man, right? The gain-of-function experiments, the, the biological weapons, listen to Dr. Yan, listen to the new federal state of China, listen to Miles Guo. It, it, it's a CCP virus. God, I hope the president says that today. CCP virus. We're going to folks here in the next thing, we're going to tell you about how much... In, in China, the CCP, 
the 92 million members of the Chinese Communist Party, they're mocking President Trump. Don't believe she sent thing. Oh, I hope you get better. They're mocking him. Discounts on the food. And we've got Chinese on here to, to, to out it, to show how, what devils these people are, right? I want to go back to this polling. Take it from the top and let's go through it. This is very important. And, hey, the audience out there ought to play like we are 14 points down. What are you doing today to push out content? What are you doing today to work a phone bank? What are you doing today to make sure I don't want to hear – okay, no tears. If for some reason there's not victory, no tears and no whining. This is 100% within the, uh, the, the grasp of this audience. You're the leaders. You're the deplorables. You listen to War Room Pandemic, hashtag in the live stream. What are you doing today? Yes, I know. I'm not sitting there patting you on the head. No pats. No pats until 11 o'clock on, uh, on November 3rd when President Trump's won Florida and Ohio and Pennsylvania. Then we'll have a short pat, and then we're going to have to get back into the, into the knife fight to make sure they don't steal it in the counting room. Kind of like that. That was kind of dramatic, in the counting room. Sound like an old British thing, right? In the counting room, it's going to be a knife fight. It is going to be. It was very Gangs of New York. It was, it was, yay. We're not going to back down, Mother Jones, in the nation, and all the thought leaders on the left. You've been outed, okay? You've been outed of your 29 uh, methods. We don't, we don't agree with any of them, except Raheem agrees with one. What's the one you agree with? Oh, one of the one of the uh, points that they made was about these um, loony, loonies, Jacob Wald and Jack Berkman sending oh, these voicemails. That's ridiculous. That, by the way, that's not acceptable. You, you can't be out there scaring people, telling lies like that. Listen, like I said, that every certifiable vote should be counted. If we lose that way, hey, that's just that's democracy. But guess what? We lost. Get up and fight and and, and win in twenty twenty four. But no, you can't be sending out. Uh, you know, things to scare people and, and, and tell them, you know, all the lies. At least, I, and I don't know if it's true. I'm just saying what I read in the transcript, yeah. right? You can't do that. A, a small tell just coming out now on the president's potential release from the hospital. Apparently, the White House has released that um, Vice President Pence will be flying to Salt Lake City at 3 o'clock, landing in Salt Lake City at 510, which would imply that if there was some serious problem with the president's health, I don't think they'd be sending the vice president to Utah. I think what if it's going wheels up at 3, something tells me that 2 o'clock number may be pretty good. I think you're walking in the White House at 3 o'clock, right? The sheriff is back. Is Poppy Harlow, is she full meltdown right now on CNN? Are they in full meltdown, got the long faces? No. Come on, baby. There's Trump's recovery is America's recovery. Suck on that. That's just compare and contrast. Market's up 400. Market's up 400. By the way, the Asian market was up, and they, they said because of Trump's recovery, the market was up over there because the CCP's pouring tons of money in there, thinking Trump's going to be doing remdesivir for a month, right? They were betting on the they were betting on the uh, they were betting on the super spreader. Okay, I want to go back to the polling, Raheem. Tell me, tell me, walk me through this again. Why is this not fantasy? Why am I supposed to feel better in this? What did what did Democracy Institute say in 16? What did they say in Brexit? Because everybody got Brexit wrong except for Breitbart and, and, and these guys. What did they say on Brexit? Why were they right? And what did they say on 16 and 16 Trump? Well, yeah, I mean, there were a couple of um, late additions to the Brexit stuff that, that came good in the end, especially the exit night polling done by Aaron Banks and the Leave EU crowd. They actually did not one of these kind of scientific uh, exit polls, but that where, where you reweight things. They actually just asked 
full-on 35,000 people across the country as they were coming out of the polling stations, what they did, and then just and then just use those numbers. Um, sometimes these pollsters can get too smart for their own goods, and, and the Democracy Institute appears to be proving that case time and time again. So in, no, in, in November, between November the 3rd and the 6th, uh, they polled uh, 1,390 uh, likely U.S. voters. Likely U.S. voters. All right, you got to pay attention to the likelihood of voting, and they found that Donald Trump uh, had 50% against Hillary Clinton's 45% uh, back then, and uh, then you know Gary Johnson had 4%, and Jill Stein had 1% there. You, you look at the same numbers with the independent voters. Trump was more uh, popular. Uh, male voters, Trump was more popular. Female voters, Clinton was more popular. Uh, they they went through the whole thing and they basically got it got it correct. Uh, they had they had great numbers for African Americans for Trump, which we know you know Trump did experience those numbers better than any Republican candidate before. And uh, we'll be getting into it with uh, Patrick Basham of the Democracy Institute later on today uh, on Real America's Voice at 3 p.m. on the National Pulse Show. Uh, so I implore everyone to listen to this. But here's the thing. You're right, Steve. Just because the numbers are better than what NBC and the Wall Street Journal is telling you, that doesn't mean people can rest on their laurels. No, no, no. Quite the opposite. Uh, this gives you something to go out there and fight for. You see, a lot of this... Uh, polling is actually voter suppression. It's enthusiasm suppression. You know, the the left is always... I mean, look at this Mother Jones whining 29 reasons. Uh, it's, you know... Honestly, if I were in the White House, hey, I would Mother print Jones, it off. I know, Mother Jones, suck on this. 28 of them, we're going to be pushing hard. Yeah, I'd okay. print it off. If I was in the White House, I'd embrace put, I'd, the suck. I'd highlight 28 of them, and I'd say, yes, yes, we are doing this, because this is actually... Proudly. We, yeah, we are upholding the legal vote. Um, so, But one of the things that, I don't know, what at some point we're going to have to look into how these polling companies are basically giving a donation in kind um, to the Democrat Contribution candidates. in kind. Contribution Absolutely. in kind. Absolutely. Um, because it is a form of okay, suppressing okay, the but vote. But this is why the RNC should go into FCC tomorrow and sue the media companies and sue the oligarch oligarchs. These are all payments in kind. These are all contributions in kind to the, to the, to the anti-Trump anti forces. It's also, there was something interesting that came out on Friday, which I think kind of shows you the depth of uh, depravity inside some of these organizations. Mark Zuckerberg and his wife just gave more than a third of all the money donated for Proposition 110 in, uh, in Oregon, and it seeks to decriminalize almost every drug. The drugs that would effectively be decriminalized include heroin, cocaine, methamphetamine, MDMA, LSD, less than 40 units, psilocybin, less than 12 grams, methadone, less than 40 dosages, oxycodone, less than 40 pills, and last but not least, it would also think about establishing a drug treatment program based upon their cannabis tax. But think about this, people. This is the guy who's telling you he's going to restrict conversation on his platform around the election and behind closed doors, he's given half a million dollars so that you can walk around with 40 oxycodone pills or 40 hits of acid in your pocket with no worries in the state of Oregon. So the tech, the tech, this the, is like it's a Friday the night. The, the, Party, the tech, baby. the tech, the tech oligarchs, the tech oligarchs. Don't even want to go through the rapture. <laughs> the tech oligarchs are. Um, how are they trying to suppress this? But with I want to go to Jack's point. What are they? What is Zuckerberg saying about? 
right now with no with no um, you know we're we're not going to announce it on day one. We're not going to allow uh, anybody to talk about. It. We're not going to take ads out. Hmm. We're going to suppress all this. Walk through what the tech oligarchs are doing right now. Why is the White House playing footsie with them? Uh, right. I mean, I don't know if the White House is playing footsie with them anymore. I think they got uh, they got that foot shoved somewhere else, uh, and that comes in the form of Facebook actively saying that they will not allow people calling election night victories. Right. We talked about this from the old transition integrity. This the old. <laughs> it's, it's it's so old now. The old transition integrity project document that we 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 were the first to back in early August. Twitter is now trialing they say they're trialing this new piece of uh software on their platform to combat disinformation just so happens that they're trialing it 27 days before an election um which is a actively covering up it puts a little screen over the top what did of they do with zelenko tell me what they did with zelenko zelenko put up a post that essentially said and we're going to talk about this in a few minutes because dr zelenko is going to be on the show but he put up a post wishing the president well and uh, offering his advice that he might consider using the Zelenko protocol. Now, let's remember the Zelenko protocol is used by about 30 countries around the world. And uh, Facebook shut this guy down, claiming that he was spreading bad and false information. Or not Facebook, forgive me, Twitter. Yeah. But this is, uh, this is what we're looking at. And uh, here's his message that he, he, he made to the people, which was pretty benign uh bear with me i'm got a computer well, okay. well, well I, yeah. I need to i need to just yeah, very quickly ahead. on this as well so we have bail out bail out jack we have, you know, as always we have this um uh on phil klein's coming on from the amistad project it's on great. the show at it's 3 p.m as yeah. well today on the national post and he's going to be talking about voters in four states this has just been announced today um announcing the filing of federal lawsuits as a growing campaign to block cities and counties from the uh, alleged misuse of a 250 million donation by mark zuckerberg from the center for T technology and civic life and these are in towns all across the country uh dallas county philadelphia Fulton, Georgia, Cobb, Georgia. Oh, just random, just random states, right? Wouldn't happen to be any battleground states there. And they've got these huge grants that are going into these uh, into these counties. That's right Dallas now. County in Iowa, right? That's Dallas County in Texas. Texas, okay. Um, Black Hawk in Iowa, yeah, uh, and and beyond. And there's so many of them. We'll be getting into them. What, what, what is it? What is it? What are they doing? What Zuckerberg doing with the 250 million dollars? Well, so they're putting that money in to effectively kind of part privatize the management of the elections um, to have people who are not you know actual election monitors helping out with this stuff as part of this private company's interference and guess who runs that company mark zuckerberg unbelievable okay we're going to hashtag war and pandemic live stream want to hear your voice you're the most powerful audience in the world we're going to connect in a second the reason the most powerful in the world you, you're connected was lao Beijing. that's the deplorables of china and lao Beijing that are here that are free the new federal state of China has got a report on what the Chinese Communist Party really thinks about President Trump and him having the CCP virus. All next on War and Pandemic. War Room Pandemic with Stephen K. Bannon. The epidemic is a demon and we cannot let this demon hide. War Room Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Welcome back. Now we're going to talk about uh, what the Chinese Communist Party, since President Trump has a CCP virus, and it looks like he may be walking out today, right? If Mike Pence is going wheels up at three, it would make sense. It yeah. would make sense that Donald J. Trump is at the White House at three. We're just we're a little bit speculating, but you see the moon and the stars starting to line up here. 
Um, and that would mean Jackie would get his – Zelenko's going to be on the bottom of the hour. I'll let you guys work through that then. But th- that would mean maybe he gets the fifth day of the remdesivir. The, the, the difference in the $0.29 cent, uh, solution of Dr. Zelenko versus the 9000 Hey, I'm not saying Big Pharma has anything to do with it. Far be it from me to say this anything about well, just operating qu- margin. Quickly, which I really think people would want to hear about. The hydroxychloroquine, this is the big danger for Big Pharma, right? We know that hydroxychloroquine is a pretty effective antiviral, right? Imagine if this stuff works fairly well against all RNA viruses. This means that a drug that is worthless takes the leading position for flu season over all the rest of these bang up, you know, $50 Oh, my God, they're going to conspiracy theories. No, no, that's the thing that's got to be worked through. Zelenko on the bottom of the hour. Dr. Zelenko. Okay, now I want to turn to the new federal state of China. These people have been amazing. They had this on the on the um, National Day of China, where CCP claims you know took over the country back what seventy one years ago. They said, "Hey, it's pretty ironic," and they wanted to underline "ironic" about fifty times uh, that on the National Day of China, Donald J. Trump got the CCP virus. Remember, there are no conspiracies, but there are also no coincidences. So. Uh, we, we looked over there, you know, after 24 hours, she came out and said, hey, really feel bad for President Trump, first lady. Hope they do. Hope they do. OK. Hope they do better. Uh, and uh, but you saw what the main you saw what the tabloids are the same. But then you look at what the CCP's own people were doing. It's a very different story. So we're going to bring in two of the folks from the uh, new federal state. We want to start with Jasmine. Jasmine, uh, actually, when you look at the details, we've got it. We're going to have it up now on the uh, on the screen. Um, you, what is actually happening? What is what is going on with um, with the, the CCP members in China itself? Are they supporting President Trump and Melania, or are they uh, are they mocking and ridiculing them? Oh yes, uh, what we can see from social media clearly, the Chinese are under the uh, direction of the Chinese government. They are mocking President Trump. They're holding banners, uh, celebrating the fact that President Trump was, uh, is infected by the COVID-19. One thing we need to know that in China, nobody can demonstrate anything on the street without the government's uh, permission. So the fact that they could hold those banners, celebrating it, that is with the government support behind. And you see that there's a six-year-old boy counting the failures of uh, President Trump. Who's teaching him? So where does he get all this information? Is is this our government directed? Here's the question, Jasmine. Here's the question: If it's Miles Guo, or if it's the new federal state, or if it's Steve Bannon, or war in pandemic. We got to blow through the firewall. If you're listening and saying, "Hey, Steve Bannon and the and the War Room guys are great," or Miles Guo, his broadcast on GTV are great, you're immediately shut down. In fact, people are saying, "Hey, you're rounded up and arrested." But this social media, this could only take place. This is the point I want to make sure that our audience is clear. This could only take place if the highest cadre of the Chinese Communist Party is in back of it to push it out. Is that not correct? Exactly. You try to post a banner, say prayer for uh, President Trump. Let's say how long you can hold that banner, and you'll be in trouble. You'll be arrested. Hold and not even only in the secular world, 
what I'm observing is that even in the church, inside church in China, I mean, these are the uh, patriotic church, of course. The leaders are ordained, selected by the uh, uh, patriotic church which with the uh, United Front Department behind, right? So they are pastors writing an article preventing its members to pray for Mr. to pray for President Trump. He would misquote the Bible and then giving these wishy-washy messages that was saying that, oh, you're not supposed to be bothered with uh, what's happening to President Trump. You just follow Jesus. That's what the Bible tells us. Just follow him and leave behind all the worldly concerns. And as a pastor, it's just shocking that he's not preaching the real commandment of God. In Mark 12, Jesus said the first great command is love you, God, with all your heart and your soul. But the second command is love your neighbor as yourself. But this pastor is totally directing the narrative, influencing even the church members in, the, in China. We know that the church believers in China, as ordinary believers, they are very eager and thirsty for the truth. They are all very zealous in their spiritual journey. But it is unfortunate that they are in this hand of a higher hand. I want to go to, do we have also Zach? I want to go to Zach. And look, I know that the new federal state, we're trying to get organized to get down here. If President Trump had been another day that you would have seen a huge outpouring. What was so amazing is across the world on October 1st, you saw this demonstrations and protests throughout the world. Jack Maxey had actually joined him here months ago when they protest outside the consulate. These people are very brave. Zach, I just because you happen to bring it to our attention also, how nasty has the CCP's propaganda in their social media and their memes, how nasty has that been inside of mainland China to kind of put in people's mind that President Trump's a bad guy, that President Trump deserves this, that this shows you how great the CCP is because they're not sick, yet President Trump and people around the White House are sick? Yeah, um, so they're um, giving free coffees to people. They're giving discounts on phones. Um, they're, they're doing all sorts of things to have a social media push that says, you know, hey, it's great that, um, that somebody's got the coronavirus, whether that's Trump or Melania. Um, and so, you know, what you see really here is just complete dehumanization. Um, and it's, it's reflected in American society as well, where um, you're, you're seeing open, open calls for people to get sick, um, serves them right, and uh, you know this is—it's—it's it's really it's a public health issue. And so, um, if the president of the United States can get sick, then pretty much everyone is vulnerable. Um, and I think if you look at some of the—you know—not to not to veer off a little too far here, but you look at some of the numbers from Europe, especially um, Russia's got almost record numbers today. Um, you know, all these countries are are really like the the cases are going up. Um, you know, hospitalizations are increasing. So why would anyone want um, anyone really to get sick? Is um, it should really be beyond um, our ability to um, really just you know? I, I just want to say like I, I think that it's a little sick that people are calling for others to get sick from something that we know is deadly. I mean, this show is called War Room Pandemic for a reason. It means you know, hey, you need to get out there, get hydroxy now. Um, don't wait. And, and that's, that's really it. I mean, the, the push here is that the CCP doesn't let anything on social media that is not state-sponsored. 
Um, so this is basically state-sponsored violence or terrorism or whatever you want to call it. And the sooner everyone in the United States gets on the same page about this, I think the better. Last question, and I want to ask you and then go to Jasmine. we got a couple minutes left here. Is in the CCP, as they sit here and still the United States, President Trump says China virus every now and again. He, you know, he says they're responsible, but it's not really – it, that forceful. The other night, he gave the the he gave the video from the thing. He just called it he called it COVID, not China virus or not CCP virus. Did they assume that they're going to get off the hook? Did they assume that the world's not going to hold them accountable? Jack Maxey sent me an article today that up to ten percent of the world's population could already be infected. Did the CCP right now, nine months into this, do they think they're off the hook, uh, Zach? Um, I think they do. Um, number one, COVID is a marketing term. I, I think that that's something that people have really missed. Is, you know, COVID is the marketing term. SARS-CoV-2 is the technical term. And CCP virus is what we should call it because um, the, there is just overwhelming evidence of complicity um, and actually that they sent this out to the world. Um, and so I think, you know, people on your show, guests you've had, Peter Navarro and, and others, they've, they've really stressed this. Um, but I, I think that we, we need to see some accountability here. Um, they, they really need to be held accountable. And um, I think anyone who doesn't see that coming is, is deluding themselves. Um, it's coming. There's, there's definitely going to be a price to pay. It's just going to be a matter of how much um, and what we all do about it before that happens. Jasmine, we got about uh, 45 seconds left to you. What, 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 what will happen if we do not hold the Chinese Communist Party accountable for the CCP virus? We have to know that the ultimate goal of the Chinese Communist Party is to have a control of the whole world. And that's their, that's their ultimate goal. So if we don't end the CCP, the whole world is will be under the evil influence of the CCP. Jasmine, thank you very much. Zach, you people are complete heroes. These are the non-demjures. Uh, otherwise, their families will be rolled up in, uh, in communist China. I, I got to tell you, I could have these folks on every day. They cut right to the chase, right? Without all the fancy, you know, you hear all the stuff that comes out of the Council on Foreign Relations and McMaster's at the Hoover Institute, all this nonsense, Okay. The Lao Beijing, just like the deplorables, can see reality. They don't need to read 2,000 books, right, and talk to each other at conferences. They see reality. The Chinese Communist Party is trying to become a global hegemon. This is a, this is a man-made device. Either came of a bioweapons program or a failed gain-of-function experiment. But it was done on purpose, and it was exacerbated on purpose. We're going to turn Dr. Zelenko, Jack Maxey, Raheem Kassam next on War Room Pandemic. Hashtag War Room Pandemic live stream. Tell us what you think. More importantly, let us know what you do. Action, action, action. War Room Pandemic with Stephen K. Bannon. The epidemic is a demon and we cannot let this demon hide. War Room Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Welcome back to War Room Pandemic. Monday, October the 5th, the year of our Lord, 2020. You're here in the War Room with Jack Maxi, Vishbora, Raheem Kassam. Vish, you got some breaking news for us here? 
Uh, we we do. Kaylee McEnany tweeted about five minutes ago that uh, she has tested positive for a coronavirus. I'll read her whole statement here. Uh, after testing negative consistently, including every day since Thursday, I tested positive for COVID-19 on Monday morning while experiencing no symptoms. No reporters, producers, or members of the press are listed as close contacts by the White House Medical Unit. Moreover, I definitely had no knowledge of Hope Hicks' diagnosis prior to holding a White House press briefing on Thursday. As an essential worker, I have worked diligently to provide needed information to the American people at this time. With my recent positive test, I will begin the quarantine process and will continue working on behalf of the American people remotely. Close, but not quite right, Vish. No? No. Moreover... I definitively had no knowledge of Hope Hicks's diagnosis. It's, it's different from definitely, which is more of a statement of please don't accuse me of knowing something I don't, uh, rather definitively stating as an absolute fact that she had uh, uh, no knowledge of Hope Hicks's diagnosis prior to holding a White House briefing. But that's Kaylee McEnany to say uh, say some prayers for us and say some prayers for uh, everyone affected by this all around the world right now from from the White House and beyond. Um, that was about 10 minutes ago on Kayleigh McEnany, the press secretary's feed. Uh, one other thing that's crossed my uh, devices in the break was the British media melting down right now after it appears that the shields, the riot shields uh, that were being used uh, here in the United States against the not-so-peaceful protesters uh, were actually British-made equipment. Uh, I say good. I think just like the Boston Massacre, it'd be great to get some British arms forcing a bit of law and order here. Maybe we get John Adams back to defend um, the, the, the police officers doing their jobs. Uh, Jack, I know you've got a, sp- a very special guest for us in this segment. Why don't you take us away? Well, we do have a very special guest, one of the uh, fan favorites and certainly one of mine as well, just because I have such admiration for this gentleman. Uh, he's got grit, he's got intelligence, and he just does not give up. I mean, he's a great example for anybody who's looking for inspiration. Dr. Zev Zelenko on the line, and we have him on specifically because Twitter has banned Dr. Zelenko because of this message that he sent to at real Donald Trump and at Flotus. Dear President Trump and First Lady, I bless you with complete, uh, complete recovery. Please review the attached link. It has the Zelenko protocol for treatment. I strongly advise that you start immediate treatment and not wait for complications to begin. Now, this message, which and you have to remember for our audience, and we'll let Dr. Zelenko talk about it, the Zelenko protocol is being used in, as an official protocol in countries around the world. This is not some kind of crazy hair-on-fire statement for him to say this, but they say your account has been locked for violating Twitter rules, specifically violating the policy on spreading misleading and potentially harmful information related to COVID-19. Dr. Zelenko, thank you so much for being on here. First, give us a lowdown on your Twitter thing, and then we'd love to just tap into some of your professional experience while we discuss the president's treatment and going forward. Thank you, Dr. Zelenko. Thanks so much for having me. This is the epitome of tyranny, where life-saving information from one of the world's experts in dealing with COVID-19 in the outpatient setting um, is being suppressed because it doesn't fit 
the narrative of the World Health Organization, which is nothing more than a proxy for the Chinese Communist Party and for Bill Gates' uh, organization. And since the president pulled out of the WHO, I think he removed $450 million annually in terms of uh, supporting the WHO. It's become a, uh, a puppet, even more, even more of a puppet for these evil and nefarious um, forces. So it's uh, tragic. It's more than tyranny, I think. I think it's um, a crime. I think it's a crime against humanity because it perpetuates this needless plague, this needless pandemic, um, and this terrible economic disaster that the Chinese government has perpetrated on, on the world. Wow. And you know what is so crazy? They hammer you for recommending hydroxychloroquine. And on the same day, a big study, I think I shared it with you this morning, International Journal of uh, Antimicrobial Agents did a retrospective study. This is a Belgian study where they looked at over 8,000 patients treated, and they found across the board a significant reduction in mortality for people taking hydroxychloroquine. This is also compares very favorably with the study, a retrospective study out of Italy about a month ago where they found definitively 30% weighted reduction in mortalities uh, across the board independent of comorbidities. So it's not that we don't see evidence of this, the efficaciousness of this. It's more that it seems that you and I have talked about this before, doctor, that Anything that's, that the president says is positive automatically becomes negative for the news media. But I think there's something more when you look at the other sort of treatments for your standard RNA viruses, influenza, some of the other coronaviruses rolling around out there. The traditional treatment is Tamiflu. And we know that Tamiflu is very, very ineffective. Recently, the FDA has put a limitation on its use for children under 10 because of what they perceive to be permanent psychiatric problems with some of the people taking this. But here we have hydroxychloroquine, probably better than Tamiflu across the board. And what are your thoughts, doctor, on hydroxychloroquine having a potential therapeutic role for RNA viruses generally? Right, so uh, the mechanism of action of hydroxychloroquine um, is actually just a delivery system for zinc. Uh, it brings the zinc into the cell, and it's the zinc that actually inhibits viral replication, specifically uh, RNA viruses, because it inhibits an enzyme called RNA-dependent RNA polymerase. And there are many viruses, many RNA viruses, that use this mechanism for replication. So this is not a COVID-19-specific treatment. This is a, a broad uh, kind of a RNA class treatment, and there's a very good chance that this will inhibit um, the influenza virus. And I'm in the process of actually, um, you know, I'm going to implement this in the clinical practice of medicine. Now, let's look at the flu just for analysis. There are 50, there were 40 million cases of the flu in America last year. That's with the flu shot, and that's with using Tamiflu. And out of those, 50,000 died, including almost half were children. 
So even with all the therapeutics and the vaccines that we have, we still have 50,000 dead, 40 million infected. That's not very effective in my opinion. And I, I, I really believe, and this is probably one of the reasons why there's such opposition to hydroxychloroquine usage in viral infections, is that this is going to put out the vaccine industry, at least in the influenza case, and, and Tamiflu will become useless uh, and marginalized, and we will be able to probably uh, prophylax and, and, and treat most cases of most RNA viruses with, with exceptional efficacy and safety. So there's a lot at stake here for the pharmaceutical industry, and they're going to lose a lot. And this information, by the way, is not new. It's been out there. It's just being suppressed, actively suppressed, because of its uh, uh, potential economic uh, negative ramifications for the pharmaceutical industry. Doctor, one of the things I appreciate is the fact that you point out that this is a CCP virus, that this came from communist China. And I was very touched last week at the UN when you saw Jair Bolsonaro spoke to the United Nations. And a large portion of his speech was about dealing with the coronavirus inside Brazil. He claimed that there was a global misinformation effort. I'm assuming that he's talking about the communist Chinese concerning hydroxychloroquine and concerning its use. And certainly in Brazil, we see an absolute stark difference between these left-wing states that have banned use of it. And in northern Brazil, where they've got some more industrialized areas, a lot of Jair Bolsonaro's support, they've had much lower uh, mortality rates in these places. And we've seen this around the world. We've seen certain countries where the Chinese come in and say, don't use hydroxychloroquine. And then we see certain countries where they come in and say, definitely use hydroxychloroquine. And these countries may be separated by only, you know, five or six hundred miles in Latin America. It's, it's really quite extraordinary. And I, I very much appreciate you being a doctor and a science-oriented guy who's able to see the larger picture and see the threat that's out there. I wonder if you could touch upon it because I think it's important for our listeners. You're a spiritual guy. And... Can you define what, what really is this battle that we're involved in? I wonder you to encompass COVID-19, the election, everything, and run with it, my friend. So first of all, my background is I, I was born in a communist Soviet Union, you know. And even though I was four years old when my family came to New York, but um, so I didn't have any direct experience with it, but I heard enough from my parents and grandparents to understand that it, uh, it's, a, it's a government, it's a political system of absolute tyranny and, and control. And it's really ultimately a fight between uh, a God-centered society versus a, a society that replaces God with the so-called uh, state or big government that um, the belief is that this government will then create a prosperous uh, society. And the problem with that is that while uh, it sounds nice, ultimately we end up with a situation where we're just one murder away from utopia. In other words, these societies that embrace Marxism and this godless ideology um, have been responsible for approximately 170 million dead people in the 20th century, whether it's uh, 
you know, communist Russia, Stalin's purges, whether it's Mao, the maniac, or the Khmer Rouge, uh, or North Korea, or you, you, it's endless. All of these governments, they, they abuse their citizens and not, they don't believe in their own ideology. It's just a power grab. They take other people's stuff, use it for themselves, and create a situation of what's called the quality of outcome, in the sense that everyone's equally miserable, <laughs> except, except the leadership. So it's, it's a very perverse system of government. It's rooted in an anti-God ideology. And, and on the contrary, God is a big impediment to them. Because if you have individuals that believe in a power greater than the government, that undermines the ability of this tyrannical government to, to control people. And that's what we're seeing. The Chinese Communist Party is, is responsible for uh, so much death within China and so much environmental death. They, they don't adhere to any of the, uh, you know, the global warming hey, should go crazy. Over Dr. Here. Zev, we're going to have to go to a break here. But if you'd like to hold over, man, we'd love to keep you. So we'll be back in just a few minutes with more wisdom from Dr. Zev Zelenko. War Room Pandemic with Stephen K. Bannon. The epidemic is a demon, and we cannot let this demon hide. War Room Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. It's Jack Maxey bringing it back in here for the War Room on Capitol Hill. I'm seated here with Vish Burra and Rahim Kassam, and we have Dr. Zelenko on the line. Doctor, why don't you uh, give us a, a quick rundown of what you think the prognosis is for the president, and then why don't you give a, a quick analysis to our viewers why this election is so important and what they need to do. So, yeah, the president is going to be absolutely fine. Um, even though he's in the high-risk category, being 74 years old and slightly overweight, but he got treated immediately, and that was been always one of my fundamental principles of my approach, which is immediate intervention. Um, and that makes all the difference. And uh, what he's been treated with, we can debate, and I'm pretty sure, actually I know for a fact that uh, what the media knows and what's being told to us is not exactly, nothing is what it seems, let's put it this way. But the, the president will be fine, and so will his inner circle. Um, and listen, everyone's supposed to get this virus. And everyone's supposed to overcome this virus. It's not a dangerous virus if, if treated properly. And treated properly means that we have to have the resources available in every pharmacy and every doctor has to be encouraged to use these medications in the right way. And then there's no more pandemic. Unfortunately, there's a lot of political, this is no longer death by COVID, it's death by politics. So, you know, I, I learned that politics is a blood sport. I didn't realize how literal we should interpret that right now. Because uh, most of the dead right now are the product of uh, political upheaval and uh, corrupt influence from the pharmaceutical industry, and also the Marxists who are fermenting chaos and anarchy in order to achieve their warped political agenda. Hey, and that's why it's so important that the president wins. Doc Salenko, I'm just interrupting real quick. It is important that the president win because we can't let these Marxists take over America. 
But just because I want to slap down Twitter a little bit for saying that you spread falsehoods concerning COVID-19, can you just give us a rundown on some of the countries that have reached out to you for your consultation because you're a crazy doctor who doesn't know what he's talking about? Right. So the first country was Honduras, actually. They incorporated the entire, the entire country, actually, is using my protocol. They had one of the lowest death rates. Um, then Brazil came on board, parts of Brazil. I actually was involved in the treatment of uh, the President Bolsonaro when he got COVID, and I'm dealing with the, their top Ministry of Health officials. And um, there is, a, for example, a uh, medical system called Prevent Senior. They take care of 500,000 senior citizens over the age of uh, 65. Their, the entire system is using my protocol. They almost have no death. Let's put it this way. Any system that uses my protocol has a reduction in death between 85 to 90% including wow. hospitalizations. Now, um, the Ukraine, actually, parts of Ukraine are uh, are using my protocol with very good results. Um, parts of Russia. Interesting, you know, I did an interview with on Russian national television, and I looked into the camera and I said, uh, President Putin, I strongly recommend that you get 100 million pills of hydroxychloroquine. Two weeks later, I hear in the news that Russia ordered 100 million pills from India. I don't know if there's a connection, but it was pretty funny. Um, and I was actually dealing with Israel and in April, and they, at that point, um, their Minister of Health was Litzman, and he got COVID, and I advised his treatment, and all of a sudden the whole country loosened up, and they, they let hydroxychloroquine be used. Um, then there was a new minister, his name's Adelson, that came in. He no longer responds to any of my phone calls, and they put a moratorium on the use of hydroxychloroquine, and at that point, there was a, it's an inflection point where from 300 dead, at that point, it, it skyrocketed to 1,700 dead. So it's very tragic, in my opinion. And, but listen, in my community now, there are hundreds of people that are, have COVID. No one's dying because we're all <laughs> treating all these people aggressively. No one's even going to the hospital, only the people that don't take the protocol. And I can scale that to you, do the rule in France, has a 85% reduction in death. He's using actually my protocol now. He, his protocol, and he added zinc. All right. Important. Well, doctor, so, listen, man. We want to thank you so much for being need- on here. You're an American hero. You, uh, you're tough. You're strong. I want the whole audience to keep you in your prayers because I know you're still struggling with another round of, of the big C, but you're, you're a brave American, and uh, hand salute to you, sir. Thank you. God bless. God bless you too. Jack, any plans to get uh, Dr. Zelenko on another platform since since Twitter's booted him off? Well, I think they'll you know let him back on just like they've let you back on. But I would like to point out to the audience, and maybe this is a little uh, no. But I never got the I never got the full dilution. Maybe I'm getting I'll be taunting Twitter with this for all of the things that I have said over the last nine months as a layperson ten. 10 months, I just want to sit state that I have never been banned or nothing that I've ever said has been banned by one of the social media platforms. 
So yeah, I guess in the next yourself. 24 hours. <laughs> <laughs> About to find out. You do also have to have followers to be noticed by Twitter. <laughs> this is true. This is true. <laughs> All right. Uh, where are we taking it, guys? Vish, I know you got uh, you got a song you want to play us out with, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's, yeah. You're going to do that? Okay. Yeah, we're we're, when do we, do got, when we got about 40 Hang seconds on. left, we we'll got, stop playing that. We got to say this because we've been talking about the explosion of Hispanic support for Donald J. Trump. Mm -hmm. And Vish and I listened to this this morning. It is an amazing, <laughs> positive song by a Cuban family, and they are just on it for Donald Trump. I, it, and everybody's yeah. going to love it. I will. I will say. I mean, we're going to get into the polling uh, with uh, Patrick Basham on the uh, on the National Pulse show at three p.m. and Phil Klein will be joining us. So it's an all ballot, all security. All polling, all data-driven show at 3 p.m. here on Real America's Voice. So tune in for that. I will say as a point, before you bring this in, uh, that that poll, that the Patrick Basham Democracy Institute uh, Sunday Express poll has some very high numbers for Hispanics with Trump. Absolutely. I mean, I, I was in New York for the last two weeks, uh, uh, last few weeks, and... I've been. Ha I went to the, back to my old neighborhood, Rosebank, Staten Island. Shout out. Talked to a bunch of my friends. Never voted before ever. Uh, now they're coming out for uh, Donald Trump and first-time voters. Why? And the, a bunch of these folks, non-white. The reason is because law and order. See you tomorrow, guys. Oh.